Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Catherine Marino and Gail Zalitsky. Hello, I'm Catherine. And I'm Gail. We are the active voice of women over 70. And we are delighted to welcome you to today's episode. Now, before we move on, we have to note that this episode, mid-March of 2020, is when so many of us are sequestered in our homes. It's an unusual time in the midst of the coronavirus. And we are practicing social distancing instead of meeting at the DePaul studio where we always record. We are, each of us, at our homes on Zoom. So it may very well account for some unusual sounds such as clocks chiming and dogs barking. We, each week, you know, showcase vital women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who continue to shatter the myths that we become invisible as we age. And the 30-minute conversation with our guest focuses on several themes that we've agreed upon. And we are so pleased to welcome Chris Howery as our guest today. Chris is 70 and resides in River Forest, Illinois, a near suburb of Chicago. The same week she turned 70, back in November 2019, Chris became Chief Marketing Officer for The Human Company, an international company where she interacts with a lot of tech-savvy young folks. Chris has been Chief Marketing Officer before, namely with the Girl Scouts, where she created award-winning programs. Now, Chris is an accomplished writer, so I'll share parts of her self-introduction. With Midwestern U.S. sensibility and a delightful creative streak, Chris has been encouraging people to think different and better for decades. Trained in strategy in global ad agencies, she founded and led The Grand Group, a creative marketing agency to a multi-million dollar business with challenging clients including including Gatorade and Motorola and Guinness. Graduate of DePaul's individualized master's program, the same as Gail's, Chris has been guiding organizations through change and planning, as well as leading workshops for women over 60 to find their legacy in life. Chris is trained in the creative problem-solving process, William Bridges transition management, and is a frequent speaker on innovation and strategy. On a personal note, she's a docent for Frank Lloyd Wright's architecture in Oak Park, Illinois. Oh, and she does stand-up comedy. So we'll talk with Chris about her talents for creativity, her commitment to offering her talents to community organizations, and her lifelong pursuit of fun. So welcome, Chris, to Women Over 70. Thank you, Catherine. Should we start with a laugh? (laughs) (laughs) So let's begin by having you tell us uh, briefly about the role that creativity and fun played in your life as you were growing up. Um, Thank you. I have to start with some huge influences on me. My mom was very creative. Uh, She loved to um, just get us cooking and um, thinking different. And she had me doing crossword puzzles when I was a little kid. Uh, Just very 
um, creative. I had an aunt, Auntie Pat, bless her heart. She was my godmother. And um, she did things like, when I was little, I had an imaginary friend, Holy Zimmer. <laughs> um, I made her up. She was totally imaginary. But Auntie Pat would get all of my relatives whenever they would go off on vacation somewhere. They would send me a postcard from Holy Zimmer. <laughs> and, of course, I believed them. Um, but it was a wonderful thing. She also came and... Um, gave me the idea of painting my bedroom because I, my window was very high and I couldn't see out. And she said, why don't you paint a window in your bedroom and put a cat and a flower pots on the windowsill? And that's, that's just the kind of upbringing I had. We had babysitters who also uh, just, they were the ones, let's put on a show and just constantly inspired creativity. Hmm. Oh, and I think your father was also a big influence as an entrepreneur. Yes, yes. Um, he started his own business when he was in his 40s. And um, he always worked very hard. Um, and so that's what I saw growing up. And uh, he had a metalworking company, so it wasn't anything that I was ever going to, to grow into. But I saw hard work and his dedication. Um, he sometimes worked three jobs, but um, it was important for him to always have steak on the table on Saturday night. <laughs> it was, there were certain things that, that you worked for, and they, were, um, they weren't just the basics. They were taking just to, to appreciate things a little bit more. Um, so we would have steak on the table before Jackie Gleason came on. That <laughs> show. That's a wonderful combination of creativity and, and uh, the, the, just the hard work. And I think you have probably inherited both of those qualities. Um, I would like to ha have you talk a little bit about what you're involved in now in, with the human company. That's an intriguing name. And, um, and then what are some of the highlights that led you to be, to be prepared to do this kind of work? The human company is pretty interesting. I met a Frenchman, Francis from France, um, back in, I think, 1996 at a creativity conference, Creative Problem Solving Institute in Buffalo, New York. And we just stayed friends. And um, last April, he came to me. He's a, a um, executive coach for some very high-level people. And a charming person, very much a Renaissance person. And um, so he called one day. He was in Chicago to meet with a client and said, let's have dinner. And he said, it's time in my life that we spread the word about using our intuition. And it's like, what? Um, and listening to what he said, I truly, this is something I've always believed in. Uh, as he says, our society and our culture has been built on rational linear thinking mm -hmm. if you think about it we've all been rewarded for um oh just answering the right test questions and um oh in business show us the numbers and um sticking with the rules and yet we're in a situation in our world and even more so today than yesterday uh, with climate change and with um, the coronavirus, 
that requires solutions that are not linear, that aren't, they're not going to get us to where we need to be. And so um, his belief is, yes, we still need linear thinking, but innate in all of us is creativity and intuitive thinking. And um, he represents these, the linear thinking is represented with a square. When you think about a square, you think about um, boundaries and limits and rules and things that fit in um, versus, or in addition, there's the circle, which is curves and um, more natural and more free-flowing. And so the curves represent intuitive uh, free-flow thinking. And so we've come up with a concept called squircle, which is the square <laughs> and the circle on how they're both um, needed and um, just released the first draft of the book last week on squircle thinking. And um, it's how you access your intuition more. I just love the name of squircle. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> tell us, when will we be able to, uh, to, to access this book? I'm hoping in July. Okay. I'm in July. And you can actually take the squircle test now to find out how square and how circle you are <laughs> and um, to give you some, um, some direction. So, Chris, where, where do we take this squircle the test? The best place is to go to um, squircle.com. This is S-Q-U-I-R-C-L-E.com. And uh, that's our website. You'll find out a lot about it. And um, you, once you take the squircle test, you'll find out how much of a square or how much of a circle or if you're even. And um, you get a report back and telling you, giving you some ideas on, on what to do to bring more um, circle into your life or if you are a, a, a clear or strong cir circle, how to appreciate the square more. It's a really great tool to use for diversity so that we appreciate the different kinds of thinking. Um, and also just to make sure that we're, we're tapping into our intuition and um, creativity to make better decisions and find better solutions. I think you said also there was a foundation yes. that we could go um, to. The foundation is um, very exciting. We're, um, it is dedicated to helping uh, women entrepreneurs and um, with the National Association of Women Business Owners in California, and we may take this national, we don't know yet, we'll be um, providing Squircle books um, this coming summer, as well as workshops to women entrepreneurs, ranging from the women who are starting a, um, a hair salon or a bakery in their, their um, community that really needs some help, uh, to women, young women entrepreneurs who are um, in the tech business that uh, are facing mansplaining and all of the other things that we've had to, to face. And these are the women that are going to become very successful, especially, and hope that they will then in turn reinvest in women entrepreneurs around the world. And will you be offering these around the country, around the world? What's your vision? 
so much of this is going to be uh, virtual mm -hmm. online. Mm -hmm. We'll be doing workshops online. We'll be doing um, Facebook coaching. We'll be doing pretty much everything online with some selective uh, workshops in person. Yeah, I'm hoping to do some of the workshops in Africa where um, I really think that they could benefit from this. Oh, definitely. Great. So, Chris, um, I, I know you from your, your, your days as a graduate student at DePaul, and I was always so impressed um, knowing you then about all of the work you were doing and um, ideation and creativity. And could you talk a little bit about uh, sort of the background that you bring to, be, to being able to do this really exciting work now, today? Sure. Um, I've had this passion about creativity, as I mentioned. When you get postcards from Holy Zimmer, it really gets your imagination <laughs> going. And um, back to my dad, who always, and, and mom, always believed that I could do anything that I set my mind to. It just gave me a lot of confidence. Oh, and let me add one other influence, because this is one of my favorites. And that's Girl Scouts. I was a Girl Scout uh, up until high school, which I had stayed on, and I truly believe that they build girls of courage, confidence, and character. And um, had I not had that confidence, I never would have, have been able to uh, support my creativity the way I did. But um, majored in advertising and writing in, in college, um, was always in a... I was a copywriter. I was a creative director at ad agencies. I had one fabulous um, life-changing thing where I was in Africa on a photo safari um, in, oh, I think it was 87. Mm -hmm. And you get the big picture there. It's so mm -hmm. different than when we're here. And um, I came back and I quit my job and I decided that I don't need to have the word, word creativity or creative in my title, my job title. I can just be creative. And um, at that point, I mean, ultimately, I ended up opening up my own marketing agency, uh, the Grand Group. Um, I taught creativity and marketing at Columbia College here, which was great fun because there was no textbook. Uh, I had to be creative to do that. Um, so my creativity has kind of been in, in a lot of things. Even when I put an addition onto my house, <laughs> I um, hired architects that sent me a very funny postcard, two architects standing in front of a big um, wooden carved moose. Now, what did that have to do with architecture? Absolutely nothing, but I thought these people looked like fun. <laughs> they came to my house. I had a stack of things that I had pulled out of magazines that was what I did not want. Mm. I had maybe four things that I thought might be nice, and I left them with the charge of what I wanted for my addition was to inspire people that they can come to my house and they can leave and they can go home and look at their own living area and do something creative, whether it's add a coat of paint, whether it's um, just get a really funky coffee table. Um, and right now I'm sitting in that space that I love. I have a dog room 
that um, has a collection of dog dishes and a big uh, sink to wipe dirty paws. I have, um, oh, my, my window treatments were done by a set designer for theater. So they're very mm -hmm. funky. And I just have a lot of creative spaces, things going on and loads of color. Um, so I, I think that we were very successful in this. And my bathroom doors have won awards because they're just <laughs> pocket doors. They're really fun. You have yes. to take <laughs> pictures. So that oh, we I would love to. them along with your recording yes. on uh, our in Facebook group and on Instagram. I would be happy would to. It. Great. So, Chris, uh, <laughs> I know that you ha are involved, have been involved, and continue to be involved in many uh, activities with, with community and offering your, your various talents. Could you give us a sort of a, a sketch of what you're, what you're involved in in terms of community work? Sure. Um, one of the organizations that I'm quite involved in, and I think a lot of, is uh, Arbor West Neighbors, which is a villages concept. If you know of the villages, it started in Boston, where a group of neighbors got together and said, how can we help our um, aging neighbors stay age in place. And they found ways to volunteer to help and found ways to fight isolation. And here in Oak Park and River Forest and the other Western verbs, we're doing that um, by um, not so much providing services because Oak Park is truly amazing in the services that they provide. But we've done things like we did an asset map that brought together what services are we providing. And we worked with the library and we worked with the townships and we worked with the villages and all of the park district on what's already being provided for um, our older citizens, uh, which was just eye-opening and realized, okay, maybe we don't need to provide transportation because we do have a lot of services. Maybe what we need to do is help people um, age with a little more fun, with a little more interest, reasons for them to get together, not necessarily right now during the coronavirus isolation. But um, I did things like set up with the local history museum, a um, fabulous panel discussion with the people who started fair housing in Oak Park the originators and the history museum had this award-winning display going on and so we we filled this museum with people to actually hear the people who did it talk about how and the passion behind it and um, fascinating and we've done things like we have we're doing an ongoing um, monthly memoir writing workshop with the township and with um, Concordia University, where we get together once a month and um, we facilitate stories and um, connecting to your memoirs and how do you leave um, your legacy behind because not everybody wants stuff. So one of the things that I do is um, on a Sunday afternoon, I'll sit down and I'll write maybe a page of um, memoir about a specific topic. One day I wrote about Easter and what Easter morning was like. And I'll just video 
on my phone or audio recorded and send it off to my nephews who play it for their children. And they're getting a much lively um, sense of what it was like for their grandma and um, her sister, who was me, growing up and what was important to them, to us, and um, how our whole family influenced them and how it was different mm -hmm. at that time. What do they say about about your what you're offering them? Oh, they just think I'm the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> one of my most creative things that I do every year is to come up with what kind of gifts can I give them, and this year for everyone's birthday, because um, I'm really into philanthropy and teaching. Um, my immediate family about giving. Um, this year, there I have five great nieces and nephews, and they each get a $5 bill for each year for their birthday. So like the first one got five or 12 $5 bills with the instruction that they can do anything that they want with it, but I want to know how they spent it. And um, I gave them some ideas, like um, give it to a homeless shelter or to an animal shelter. Um, give your, you know, take your your parents out for uh, ice cream. Um, buy a gift for your best friend, and just it's hysterical to see how they're spending it. <laughs> um, I am. Talking, my favorite is the twelve-year-old did make a five-dollar donation to Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so I, you, you also, um, I mentioned in the introduction that you are, you do um, workshops for women over 60 to find their legacy in life. Can you mm -hmm. tell us about that? Yes. Um, actually, this was an offshoot. Pretty much of my um, DePaul learning. Um, I teamed up with a, a, um, PhD psychologist, a good friend of mine, and as well as a stylist from Talbot's, the clothing store. And we came up with a couple of workshops that um, we've been offering. The first one with the psychologist is called Life Sort. And um, it's really lovely because it's a way to get a, a group of about 12 women together. And we have a card sorting process where instead of saying, okay, what are your passions? And you sit there and you go back to, you know, what's the latest thing you thought of? Instead, you're giving a, given a deck of about 60 cards to sort, to go, what am I, um, what's important to me? You know, extremely important, uh, very important, somewhat important, not important, not at all important. And you sort these cards until you come up with your list of what's very important from your passions uh, from your strengths and from your concerns. And from these, and we have um, some little interviewing going on and, and discussion. Um, from these, then we use traditional creative brainstorming techniques to help each of the participants understand, get some ideas on how they might um, get more um, of their passion out of life by using their strengths and helping um, possibly even shutting down concerns. And it's fun, it's 
it opens eyes. Um, one woman went off and started an art co-op. One woman went off to a seminary. Uh, it's really fascinating to see how in this process, there are things that you, you don't necessarily think about. I know the last time I did it for myself, um, it became very apparent that there were certain things that I cared about and I needed to tailor my time more. One of them being helping women over 50, over 60, um, get to, to age with dignity and fun. Because fun is something that we just don't have enough of. And dignity is something that's just good. We really need that. That shows that you know, we're good people and, and honors their goodness as well. Um, another thing I noticed was, <clears throat> excuse me, how important it is that girls get educated globally. And so um, that's where my work with Girl Scouts came in and Women's Global Education Project that is um, teaching girls in Senegal and Kenya and just changing communities, so important. And 10,000 Villages where I also volunteer. Christine, you are just so Thank interesting. Thank you. <laughs> and, and a reminder that good work doesn't have to be yes. hard, it can be fun. And, and you know, I love that you had an imaginary friend. <laughs> I had one too, his name was Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that and uh, there are some similarities here because we both went to through the maps program we, we both studied creative problem solving and i just love hearing what you've done with all of this and and you're just an inspiration to us all i love it i get passionate i do a lot of strategic planning sessions for uh different organizations in town and um, it's one of my joys. It's a way that I can share my talent. And if um, I'm not able to shell out a lot of money as a donation, I believe that my time and my talents can really help because if a, an organization can have a strategy, can really follow um, some smart thinking, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm making an impact. Yes, yes, for sure. And, I, and I'm really glad to hear that uh, NABO, National Association of Women Business Owners, is involved in your Squirkle project. I'm a past president and have been a member for over 20 years myself Yay. here in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, it was an important organization when I started my business. Um, not that I did a lot with it, but I did get, I got my architect through there. Um, I got my accountant, I got my, um, we got our benefits people. Um, and it, it opened my mind to quite a few things that I wouldn't have experienced otherwise. Great organization. And it yes. turns out the uh, connection is a woman who was one of our first hires when we started the grand group. And um, she was so funny. She wanted, she wanted a business card that said design princess instead of just designer and I said, well sure of course you could do that and um she is now president of nabo california and when i was out there in business we got together i told her about squirkle um she was so excited and so she's brought la and some of the other 
um, city organizations in as well. I'll be at their, I may be at their conference in May um, in Sacramento, um, both talking about Squircle and about LifeSort. Um, uh, great. Program on what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. That's what, so Chris, I was going to ask you um, as we get toward closing here about your own legacy and you've already mentioned uh, helping women over 50 to age with dignity and fun, um, help girls getting educated globally, strategic planning for community organizations uh, to help them with their smart thinking. Is there anything else that you want, would want to add to that legacy, your legacy list? Uh, yes. Um, we closed our business. I had a, a partner who was very talented. And we closed our business in 2004. And after 9-11, it was really, really hard to get marketing clients. They were so worried about, do they have a job? Um, budgets were being cut. Um, just there was no focus. It's very similar to what we're going through now. I'm so happy I'm not a business owner right now. Um, but it was as we um, ended, um, one of the, the sweet things about it is I looked back and I realized that in the 15 years of the business, we had well over 200 people um, employed those years and so many of them I got them a start in their careers but even more important is um, they learned to think different and to think better we had a belief that everyone is creative it was just a matter of tapping into it um, every morning we had a morning warm-up where the entire group even when we were at 50 people would get together for 15 minutes at the start of the day. I stole something from theater. Um, I was lucky enough to win a walk-on role at the Goodman Theater and Christmas Carol. And um, they warm up. The theater warms up before every performance. They warm their voices. They make announcements. And I thought, oh, we need to do that. And so we would warm up our brains every morning. And um, you know, even if it was something really quick, I mean, you'd go through the alphabet and you'd have to shout out, um, you know, what vegetable starts with A and <laughs> keep going. But just a way to focus and to share announcements and to start the day on a creative approach. Um, it was, and they learned that. And I can constantly still, I'm in contact with a lot of the the old, we call them grand groupies, and um, they still share that that was the best experience working ever and that they use a lot of um, what we taught them and just how we cared about people. So that, that to me is a big legacy. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. It's, that's something that we can do in, in any aspect of our lives also, and that, you know, certainly organizations, but even sitting here at home, how to start our day. Yeah. Well, Chris, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. And we've uh, really enjoyed our conversation with you. And I know our listeners have many, many um, sort of, messages and uh, resources that they can they can draw on so we'll uh, when we when your episode airs we'll make sure that um, 
ways they can contact you and some of the resources that you suggested will be available to them. Great. So thank you. Good. And I'm, I'm happy to share other things, um, books and, and websites and things that might help their um, creativity as well. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was fun. <laughs> good. Well, that, that makes us feel good. Thank you. Listeners, we want to hear from you, especially at this time. Take a moment to, to uh, come into our Facebook group. Let us know what you're doing, how you're spending your time, uh, what's changed for you, what's maybe challenging for you. Share your thoughts at Facebook at Women Over 70. Ask questions, add to the conversation. Tell us what topics you'd like to hear more about and become an active participant in our community. Our goal is always to create a conversation across the generations. You can access our weekly Wednesday podcasts at womenover70.com. And if you know a vital woman over 70 who would be a great guest, please recommend her to us on our website. See you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myths that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at womenover70.com.